to another episode of Home Sweet Home. Hello everybody, my name is Rod McCall. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Bryce Runge. And today is going to be a slight deviation from our previous uh, episodes. Today we actually have a guest with us. She is on the phone and we are going to be talking with a licensed professional counselor. Her name is Nicole Ells and she has a very distinct background in dealing with uh, families, family dynamics, especially in the realm of divorce. Uh, she has a bachelor's of science degree uh, in psychology, a master's degree in criminology. She also has a master of arts in prof- both professional counseling and marriage and family counseling. With her four years of experience, she has been uh, dedicated to a solution-focused therapy approach and has, like I said, worked a lot with uh, divorced uh, folks. She is a leader of a divorce recovery group here in the Dallas area. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let me welcome and introduce our guest for today, Mrs. Nicole Ells. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, Nicole, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? Good. We're doing good. Yeah. And again, we, I want to start off by saying thank you very much for giving up some of your valuable time to talk with us, to talk with our listeners about the issues of divorce, in particular, uh, the family dynamic and some of the, the, you know, some of the things you can tell us or share with us in regards to what uh, you think our listeners ought to know in regards to surviving divorce and making that uh, new home a nice place to be. Well, it's my pleasure. Happy to help in any way I can. So let's start off with what would be some things that you would think that uh, parents that are going through a divorce ought to know? Well, you know, that's a great question, and that is always our first Uh, or should be our first concern um, as parents. Uh, We have chosen the divorce. Our children have not. And um, just because our marriage is ending does not mean that our family is ending. So we have to take special care of our children's mental health uh, during this period. Um, It's it's very important that we do check-ins, regular check-ins with our kids and ask them, how are you feeling? Um, You know, this is a time to reassure the children that mom and dad still love you. And just because we couldn't get along together doesn't mean that I don't still love mom and our, or I don't still love dad. And that is incredibly important because our children are half us and half our, our spouses or, you know, future exes. And so if it's constant belittling of your ex-spouse um, or saying negative things about them, children have a great way of internalizing these things. Well, I'm half mom, so does that mean dad feels that way about me? Um, does does dad uh, feel that I'm half mean or half bad or uh, whatever choice words you say, you choose to say in front of your children about your spouse? Um It's very important that we have those check-ins and give children permission to be honest with us um, and, you know, ask them for their opinion. Is there anything that 
I personally could help you with? Is there anything that you need to make this an easier uh, transition for you? Just really don't be afraid to get your children's opinion. There's nothing wrong with asking your kids what they think, what they feel. Um, Just like it's not, there's nothing wrong with admitting when we're we're wrong. Um, And that's very important to do in a heated situation like a divorce. Most most divorces are not um, happy-go-lucky uh, events in children's lives. Even if it's 100% um, negotiable with the parents, if, if even if both parents want it and it's not contested in any way, that doesn't mean that it's easy for our kiddos. So sometimes they may feel... Um, Hurt, of course, fear, frustration, what's going to happen next. Uh, I just wish everything could go back to normal. Um, And so it's good for us to check in with our kiddos and ask them how they're feeling and let them know that they can come to us with any issues that they're having, whether that's bullying at school, um, you know, whether that's sadness, um, confusion about what's going to happen, because this is tumultuous for our children. So just be really tuned into your kiddos and uh, ask them what they need from you. Is that easy to do? I mean, I'm thinking of when I was going through my divorce, it was kind of hard for me to focus on, uh, on my son, especially in those early days. Right. Um, There's a lot of frustration not especially if the divorce was not your your decision. Um, it, you know, you wanted to work it out. This is never anything that you wanted. I personally, um, at the beginning of well, before my divorce, my first, you know, my divorce. Um, I'm remarried now, but before my divorce, I never pictured myself as a divorced person. Not that I couldn't see myself divorcing my ex husband. It's just I never wanted that. I never wanted that for my daughter. I, you know, had all of these dreams of the white picket fence and, um, you know, Sunday mornings going to church together as a family and holidays and having grandchildren coming over one day and us being a nuclear nuclear family. Uh, I never wanted that. I never wanted my daughter to be from a broken home. But again, our home was broken. And it it was better for her to be from a broken home than consistently living in one. Um, But it's very difficult for us to get past our feelings to be able to concentrate on our children's, especially um, with the idea that some people have that they're young, they're not going to remember this. Uh, You know, two weeks from now, they're not going to remember that I called their mother a bad name or said, oh, gosh, I I could just kill your mom. Um, They think that that children are too young to remember these things. But there are some things that are unforgettable, you know, at at a certain age, two or three or four. Um, Kids can pick up on a sense a t- the tenseness in the family in the home um and and even if they don't remember the words they can remember the attitudes and the feelings that they got when mom and dad were fighting and bitter and uh you know hostile to each other um it's not easy and we have to constantly remind ourselves as adults going through a divorce that our children have no control over the situation. Um, we do for a certain, uh, 
you know, certain part we have control over. We can get counseling. We can talk to our friends. But our children have no control. This is happening to them. We're not doing this with them. It's not you and me against the world. It's this is happening to them. And so it's very important for us as adults to remember that and remember that kids are fragile and they don't understand why can't mommy and daddy get along? Why do mommy and daddy fight all the time? And if we're going to continue that and not putting our children first, then this is going to cause down the road conduct issues, um, an increased rate of um, high school dropouts, um, suicide, um, you know, sex trade work. Um, they're all, all of these things can be traced back to, you know, a hostile divorce or hostile parenting. Um, so if we're not careful, we're setting up our children up for failure in the future. Now that doesn't mean that that's a given that if you have a hostile divorce, your children are going to be on drugs. It just means there may need to be some extra care counseling for the children, um, support groups for the children of divorced parents to let them know that they're not going through this alone and get them some help with processing through these, uh, these events in their lives. Uh, Nicole, um, I feel like a bobblehead over here. Uh, you're, you're, you're speaking all these things and I'm just like agreeing with you. I'm like, wow. And then you, you said some very powerful things. Um, and like I said, I'm just like nodding my head up and down. Yes. Yes. And so one of the things that we talked about in our first episode, um, divorce from an adult's perspective was, um, setting and maintaining healthy boundaries. I, I appreciate the fact that you touched on the communication part. Cause I think that's paramount, um, especially during divorce with your kids. Right. Um, sometimes it's hard and going through this myself, um, to communicate effectively with our ex spouse. Um, it, we, we talked about that, but can you, can you help us, um, when we approach setting and maintaining healthy boundaries. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. And that's critical. Um, it's very important to know that we do not need to put our children um, in a, we don't need to bring them into adult issues. Uh, they don't need to know everything. And I hear this a lot with parents who overshare with their children. Um, well, they have a right to know. They have a right to know what their mm -hmm. dad they have a right to know that their mom cheated. No, they don't. They do not need to know the intimate relationship between you and your ex. Right. What your ex did, she did to you. What your ex did, he did to you, not to your children. Um, and yes, you, you can say that he did it to the family, she did it to the family. But why would we want our children to hear terrible things about their parent. Um, I was always of the impression that my daughter needed to grow up thinking that her biological father was Superman. And I, I made sure that I did not speak badly of him when he failed to do things like pick her up when he said he would. Um, I made excuses for him. Um, I said he had to work late or, uh, you know, daddy got sick or something like that. Um, was I protecting him in a way? But my thought process is I'm protecting my daughter because she will be hurt 
if she found out that dad decided to go to Vegas instead of picking her up for the weekend or, you know, whatever the situation is. You're, and, and a lot of people think, well, I don't want to protect my spouse. Well, don't think of it that way. You're protecting your children. Um, they don't need to be drawn into these adult issues because what good does it do for your, for what, what, now, I'm not, I'm not saying this is my situation, but what good would it have been for my daughter to know that her father had an affair or that her father started using drugs or that her father um, was emotionally and verbally abusive to me? What, what could she do about it? Nothing. So what good is it for her to know? Because she needs to know what a jerk her dad is. I promise you, they will figure it out. 99% of the time. Um, there's a whole other aspect called parental alienation where it goes against what I just said. Sometimes those kids are so uh, damaged that they're not able to see the truth. But I'm talking about a normal, typical divorce. Um, they don't need to know that their other parent cheated on you, is a jerk, whatever, because when they get older, they're smart. They are really smart. In most cases, they'll figure it out for themselves. Um, but again, we're giving when when we do that, when we tell our children, you know, dad did this, mom did this, we're treating them more like a confidant than than we're treating them like a child. And they're not our friends. If you want to complain about your spouse, go to your therapist, go to your friend, go to your pastor, but don't bring your children into that relationship with you because nothing good will come out of that. You never want to be your child's best friend until your children are, you know, in their thirties, then it's okay. It's a completely different relationship, but as children, it is not healthy for them and it is not productive because it leads them into a lot of frustration because what can they do about it? Wait a minute. You're, you're saying that, uh, being, Best friends with your kids when they're only 16 is not a good thing? Absolutely not, because their best friends don't don't correct them when they're wrong. They don't challenge their behavior. They don't discipline them. And that's what 16-year-olds need. They don't need another friend. I, you know... My, my daughter, when she was that age, she had tons of friends. She didn't need me to gossip with her or, um, you know, go out with her uh, to parties and things like that. She needed me to be home, to be the stability and the, um, the anchor uh, in her life. Um, you know, I, I never until, I, I guess my, my daughter's 28, and I guess it's only been about three years that she and I have developed more of a, mentor relationship. So I am still mom, but I am not disciplinarian mom. I am mentor mom. And we sit and we have talks about deep, um, rich things. Uh, you know, her marriage, um, the problems with her husband. And she comes to me more of mom, did this ever happen to you? And if yes, what can I do rather than, um, you know, I, I didn't clean my room. I didn't do my, my homework. You know, what, what punishment am I going to get? So it's a completely different relationship. And, and children need 
parents when they're 16, 17. They don't need another friend. They can go out in the world and get that. But when they come into the home, they need, this is the soft place to fall. And we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to do that kind of thing that you do with your girlfriends. You're going to come in here and we are going to have talks about life and um, discipline and whatever other aspects of your um your life you want to pass on to your children, such as religion, um, political views, things like that. Those are things that they get from parents. They don't get that from their peers. Uh, And in those early stages, it's very important that children have that definite boundary of this is what I can talk to my friends about. This is what I talk to my mom and dad about. And sometimes those things can cross if if it's a close enough friendship, but most of the time they don't because they, Kirsten, my daughter needed uh needed me to be that sounding board what do i do about problems with my friends um you know what do i do mom i'm i'm really struggling in this class she's not going to go to her friends to ask her for help with with math um she didn't come to me either she went to her father but um <laughs> you know she's she's not going to come go to her friends about you know her her pains her her hurt physical issues they need a mom they need a dad not another friend very good. They, you know, that, that kind of hits on some of the stuff that we've mentioned as well. Um, you know, our job as a parent is to indeed parent, whether you're, you've, you know, you're married or divorced. Um, you know, it is super important to maintain that uh, relationship. Uh, again, I'm glad you brought this up because I see too many times the parents try really hard to be best friends with their teenage children, even if they're not in a divorce. Uh, but I could, I, I do agree with what you're saying. When in a divorce, you know, as a single parent, you got to be both mom and dad. Uh, even if dad or mom are still in the picture, you, you're, when you're at home, you're having to be, uh, be both. And being best friend can lead to uh, some serious issues. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was this issue of parental alienation. Can can you expand a little bit on that? Uh, yes, of course. Um, in in some very hostile divorces, um, one parent may try to interfere with the relationship between the child uh, and the other parent, um, and I mean this can be done in tons of different ways. Um, it can be overt, uh, like constantly telling them you're, 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 I'm going to use dad as the target parent in this instant. Uh, your dad doesn't love you. Look, he doesn't pay. He doesn't, um, give you, uh, any more money than he absolutely has to by the court. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't go to your ball games. Um, you know, he doesn't love you. He doesn't, uh, want to spend time with you. Um, where in actuality, what is happening is mom is not telling him when the games are, uh, mom is keeping that information from him. Um, mom is not telling, telling him that, that, the son needs cleats for football or, uh, you know, equipment for basketball, things like that. Um, and, but it could go the other direction, just simple passive aggressive, uh, things like when a child gets home from time with dad and mom says, 
did you have a good time? And if the child acts excited, yes, it was great. It was wonderful. Mom can get very sad and, oh, well, that's great. I'm so glad that you love spending time with him. And just be very um, ugly and withdrawn and withdraw affection from the child. Um, so there's a great, great scale um, that parental alienation encompasses. Um, and that is child abuse. It, it, I mean, you can't you can't sugarcoat it at all. That is emotional abuse to that child. Um, it's, it's saying that you can't be loved by both parents and, or you can't love both parents. Um, if you love daddy, you don't love me. Um, if you want to spend time with daddy, well, you're going to pay for it when you get home because you're going to deal with a very moody mom. And so it, it encourages children themselves to be ugly to the other parent because if they are then mom is very happy about it if if the son um during during custody um transfer um is ugly and violent with the father or cries and screams because they don't want to go then mom is happy about that and the child gets rewarded with love and candy and um, all kinds of things, you know, when they get home from visitation. And, you know, most of the time, as soon as they're out of earshot, eyeshot of, of mom, uh, then they calm right down and they have a great weekend. But it's just they kind of they feel like they have to put on that show in order to not hurt mommy's feelings or not upset mommy or to show mommy that we're a united front. It's you and me against daddy. Um, and this is very damaging to a child, their self-esteem, their, their self-worth. Um, and, and again, long-term um, long, long -term effects of this, uh, doing poorly in school, dropout, um, not going to college, um, having trouble socializing, um, difficulty finding and keeping jobs, drug, drug addiction, alcohol abuse, um, promiscuity in girls. Um, and it just goes on and on. And these are the things that we're setting up our children to do when we don't put them first and we bring them into adult issues. You know, I can, I can fight with my ex-husband, no big deal. And I'll get over it because I don't have to see him every other weekend, but my daughter did. And that was not fair to her. If I were to get in a big fight with dad in front of her and she were to know how I felt, and then I was taking her here, go see your dad. And then, you know, what is, what is she supposed to feel that was hurtful for her? And then she comes home, you know, she has to see him. And what is she supposed to, how is she supposed to act to him? Well, you're a jerk because you upset mommy. You know, it's, it's not fair at all to our children. So that's a little bit about parental alienation. Well, I, I'm glad you brought it up because that's an issue that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I experienced a great deal of that going through my divorce. And so as a concert, so I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we haven't really talked that much about uh, about that particular side of divorce. Um, would you say that parental alienation has always been there or is something relatively new? You know, that's a really good question. We don't have longitudinal um, studies uh, behind this because it is a relatively new term. However, um, it, it goes back generations because look at how many how many of our um 
you know, our grandparents, our, our ancestors grew up with only one parent. Um, and, you know, I never saw dad or I never saw mom because, you know, they got a divorce and then they just left and they went away. So we don't know what triggered that. We don't know if it was a choice that the parent made that I'm just never going to see my kid again. Or did the custodial parent make it so difficult and hurtful and painful to see the the child? And, you know, nowadays um, we have, uh, it's not perfect, but our court system is getting better about recognizing um, that it it should be 50-50. You know, in, in the past, especially here in Texas, it was a, you know, the mom got custodial uh, uh, guardianship of the child. Um, and then parent, uh, fathers would see usually Wednesday for a couple of hours and every other weekend, unless there, unless they could prove that that mom was unfit to be a full-time mom. And now we're seeing a lot of judges that are going with strictly a 50-50 um, divorce, where it's either one week uh, with mom and then one week with dad or, you know, however they want to arrange it. I've even actually seen it go uh, a month with mom and then a month with dad when the parents live very close together. But in that month, um, it was the, uh, the flip flop of the normal. So if it was mom's month, then dad would get Wednesdays and every other weekend. And then when it was dad's month, mom would get Wednesdays and every other weekend. So, uh, I think we're really waking up to the fact that, Children need both parents on a regular basis. Um, but as far as historical, um, I, I really think that it goes back a lot longer than we think. And, and this is, this is really terrible to say, but all you have to do is, is watch a show of Steve Locos. Um, and I would say five times a week, you've got somebody on there accusing the other parent of sexual abuse, child abuse, um, neglect, something like that. And then they hook them up to a, a lie detector and find out that it's not true. Um, so people use that. They weaponize this. They weaponize the accusations that they use against the other parent to try to, for some reason, get that parent just completely out of, out of their lives. It's not just well, I want a divorce from you. It's I never want to lay eyes on you again. And I don't want my children to ever lay eyes on you again. So it's kind of like um, it goes back to cancel culture. We're trying to cancel that other parent um, because we feel like uh, the the not we, but the um, the alienating parent feels like I'm enough. My son doesn't need you because you hurt me. And therefore, I'm going to hurt you as best as I can by taking your kids away from you. So does that make sense? It, it kinda, oh my gosh, yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that I'm wondering as I listen to you say this, are you, it kind of sounds like that when a parent, and again, you know, there's a difference. You're a professional, I'm just a layperson. But <clears throat> when you're saying that, you know, the alienating parent is trying to kick the other parent out of the life of their children. Would you say that they're putting the kid first or putting their own selfish needs ahead of their children? Oh, absolutely. They're putting their own needs ahead of their children. Because if they if they were to think of this from their child's perspective, again, I'm half mommy and I'm half daddy. And if you're saying daddy is bad enough that I that he never gets to see me again, that's half me. So I'm half that bad too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm half whatever is, you know, if you, if, if seeing him hurts you 
that bad, what about seeing me? Because I'm half of him or I'm half of her. So if you never want to see them again, how long is it going to be before you never want to see me again? Or how long is it going to be before I do something to upset you bad enough that you'll want to um, cancel me? So our children pick up on these things, whether we think they're, they're, you know, we're doing enough to protect them against that. I mean, we can say all day long, it's not you. I love you. You're nothing like your dad. But internally, yeah, they are. And they know that. Okay. That, that, that helps the alienating parent because then the child may even want to be making up for that. So I'm going to agree even more with you so you don't associate me with the other parent. Okay. Well, and I, I think that's really um, good information. Thank you. Nicole, let me ask you a question. Uh, what can kids do to stop that? Yeah, if they're in the middle of, you know, if, if mom or dad is trying to kick the other parent out of their lives, can kids do anything to say, look, um, I, I'm not buying this? Or, or do they kind of have to go along? You know, that is a really tough question, and it depends on the age uh, of the child. Um, if it's a younger child, they really don't have much to say, um, and plus they are very easily influenced. And mommy can say, oh, look, you've got a bruise on your arm. Daddy must have done that. And then sure enough, you know, anybody else asks the child, where'd you get that bruise? Daddy did it. So they're, they're very easily manipulated like that. Older kids, um, yes, they, they, they can say things like, Mom, I remember what you're talking about, and that's not the way it happened. Now, challenging a parent can get the kid into some trouble because then I've got to live with Mom for another week, and I'm going to tell her she's wrong and that you know she's crazy about what she's saying about Dad. Um, how does that influence the child? Um, but if a child were to, say, go to the target parent and say to them, look, I know what she's saying about you is not true. Um, I, I, I know that you didn't do these things, that you're not a horrible person. Then the way that parent handles that situation is going to be very important. And my, my best advice to that parent, if they're getting that reinforcement from their child, proving that they're not buying into this, the best thing that they can do is accept that and say, thank you. I, I appreciate that you're telling me this, but that is an adult issue. I don't really want to pull you into it. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go play a video game. Um, accept that they know the, know the truth. Um, appreciate that they're coming to you with this and that they love you enough to tell you, you know, to reassure you. Um, and then, try to take try to put them first this is not i don't care 16 17 they don't need to be in the middle of this i appreciate you coming to me um i i'm glad that you remember the good times that we've had together now let's go have some more let's go make some more good memories you don't have to go into detail about your right um that's not what happened this is what happened it was actually mom that you know that hit you with the, the paddle that time, you don't have to do that. They know. You don't have to clarify. If they've come to you and told you we know, just accept that and then move on with making more good memories. That's great advice. Thank you. 
Um, you know, it, it, it is tough, you know, as an adult going through it. Um, you know, I think being a kid, no matter how young or old they are, is going to be, is going to be really difficult as well. Um, and, you know, you mentioned earlier about the idea that it's changing their family understanding as well as us as adults, as the mom or dad, uh, changing, uh, our idea as well, whether it's our decision or not. Um, and you, you, you started out by saying that marriage is marriage is the family, but divorce is to end just the marriage, not the whole family. And, you know, I've said that as well. So I, I'm, I appreciate you kind of echoing that, not knowing that I'd already said that. Um, if you're a kid going through divorce, not even let's let's just leave parental alienation um, on the you know off the discussion board. If you're a kid going through a divorce, what kind of advice would you have for the kids to make this easier for them? That's that's a good question, um, and and that's also really a hard question because they don't have control where do they turn um you know you, they can talk to their parents but uh i mean that if, if take parental alienation off the board uh, the best thing that they can do is talk to their parents and express to them their frustration and their concern um you know they they don't know day to day, especially if they're, say, middle school age. They they're not real good about keeping keeping up with whose weekend is it and things like that. And basically, I would tell the kiddos to try to be as um, open with their parents as possible. Look, when you say this, it hurts me. Um, and ask for clarification also, because the first a lot of the frustration comes from I I. You know, I have this, these responsibilities, even as a, as a middle schooler. I've got, you know, band, band practice or I've got football practice. Who's taking me there this week? You know, what, what is the, um, the schedule for the next week? Uh, so, I mean, I would encourage the kiddos to talk to their parents as much as possible. And in those... Sure. Um, so uh, if you remember earlier in the conversation, I recommended to parents that they have uh, regular check-ins with their kiddos. Um, and what I would encourage children to do is during these check-ins, which hopefully parents will have, uh, to be honest with, with their parents. This is what is hurting me. This is what is frustrating me. This is what I would like to change, uh, to be open with their parents. It's very, very difficult to do if they feel like they're going to hurt uh that parents uh, parents feelings so children are in kind of a, a catch-22 but what i would encourage the, the kids to do is just be as open with them as, as possible and don't don't be afraid to give their opinion um you know what mom it 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 sucks that uh that you're never at my um, soccer games. And I know that it's usually the weekends when dad has me, but I would like for you to be there. Um, you know, I don't like it when you say bad things about dad. That hurts me. Uh, but again, it's difficult for kiddos to do. Uh, so it goes back to the parent's responsibility of giving the children permission to be open and honest uh, about how they're feeling about the divorce and understand that, um, it's not just you as the parent 
that is lonely, that is fused, that is frustrated, that is sad about the ending of the marriage. It's also the children because this breaks up their white picket fence American dream uh, that they've had, you know, that you've promised them. And now all of a sudden it's all up in the air. And especially in the beginning of a divorce, uh, kids are incredibly confused and and unsure of what's going to happen. You know, are we going to move like, uh, you know, my, my best friend from third grade, her parents got divorced and mom took her and moved to, uh, you know, Bedford. And I haven't seen her since. Uh, you know, kids see um, they have real world examples of what the pr- divorce can do to families. And we need to be cognizant of that. Um, but I mean, that would be my best advice to kiddos is to just be as open and honest as they can. And if they have trouble, go to adults that they trust, go to an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a counselor at school, a favorite teacher, and let them know that you're having trouble because they are in a position to be able to help, help the child. Um, and you know, hopefully a parent will be open to get them, getting them counseling if they need it. But I don't know of a middle schooler that's going to say, hey, I need counseling. So um, it, it really does fall on the on the parent. I can't put much um, much responsibility on the child to to navigate through these things. If the parent hasn't given them the open, um, comfortable space to do so, you know, that 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 soft place to fall. Yeah, um... I'm sitting here taking notes for myself uh, <laughs> as 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 we go into as Braddox enters seventh grade next school year. I'm taking notes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly you know what we're experiencing here. And um, I've always tried to foster communication with him. Uh, you know, over communicate appropriately, right? Um, but I love the idea of the check ins again, being open, communicating. Um, providing that platform for them to, hey, give me your opinion on this, right? A lot of times I feel like I'm pulling teeth, but we actually get to it. Um, But I I don't want to give up because I feel like that communication piece is so paramount. But something um, that you touched on was, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think as parents is that if we could effectively communicate with them, um, you know, and include them on things that they should be included on should help uh, or could possibly alleviate that uncertainty. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first, let me touch on um, what you were uh, talking about. Um, kids are used to a report card. So if you're having trouble getting them to give you any information, uh, especially boys, um, how was your day? Fine. Um, do you do anything fun? No. Uh, we, we have a lot of trouble, you know, like you said, it's, it's pulling right. teeth. So make up a report card for yourself um, and then give them that report card and say, here, grade me. Um, and it can be things like, um, you know, we do fun things together, A, B, C, or D, or, you know, I yell a lot, A, B, C, or D. Um, and then, you know, with, with open-ended space at the end for them to write any other notes. Uh, so that may help you get some information uh, if they're not willing to sit down with you. They can just grade your report card. Right. No, I, I think that's an awesome idea. Thank I, you. I think you need to put on that, uh, do I yell a lot? You're guaranteed an A. Yeah, I'm guaranteed an A on that one. 
You didn't put your clothes right. away. <laughs> and other things that are important, uh, if you're going to do it that way, uh, put on there, um, dad makes me feel safe. Um, dad makes me makes it easier for me to tell him what I need. Uh, things like that. You know, you need information you need to get from from your child. Uh, put it on that report card. Um, it's easier for them to go in their room, do it, come out, give it to you, and then walk away. And then you look at it, and then you talk. Um, you know, sometimes kids just don't hurt their feelings, and 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 that's Verizon. Um, uh-huh. sorry but for that. I'm, sorry I'm, for that interruption. Uh, I find it very, uh, very convenient. Okay. So, um, you know, Bryce, you asked about, uh, or you spoke about the frustration of the children and the, uh, the confusion. And what I recommend to my clients going through a divorce with children is have a shared Google calendar or something similar. There's a million programs out there. Um, and it's shared between both households and the child. And this is where you schedule vacations. Uh, you put Johnny's um, band concert uh, and, and things like that on there. So that and then you can color code it as to who is going to be responsible for getting the child to that event. Um, so say blue is dad. Dad is going to take you. Uh, pink is mom. Mom is going to take you to that particular thing. That way the child can just open up the calendar, look at it, and see that that has already been discussed. That's been taken care of. I don't need to stress over that. Because those types of things really um, concern children. You know, I've got even, you know, young kids. I've got this con- con- uh, this uh, uh, band concert. People are, are expecting me to be there, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And so it keeps them from having to stress over those things. So that's a really good option for parents. And again, parents, for parents to do to help their children. Uh, that's awesome advice. I'm sitting here thinking like even we as adults, even in our, our teams at work, um, we see that rise in stress because we all that uncertainty. What's going on? What, you know, what are we doing today or what's going on next week? Who's taking care of this and that? So as I'm writing my notes again, uh, <laughs> what an awesome way to effectively communicate with all stakeholders and everyone knows what's going on. And then now we're seeing a, a decrease in stress and anxiety, um, again, focusing on mental health, well-being, you know. So I, I think that's awesome, and I thank you for that because I am definitely going to propose that in my situation. Well, you know, it goes back to something, you know, we as teachers do all the time. We explain the why. Right. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing right. that? That's I, I like that. Um, great advice, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that. Um because, you know, I would have never thought of that, actually. So if you got technology, you might as well use it, right? Yeah, use it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I've got, we're, we're running near the end of our time. Um, so I've got kind of one uh, one last question. And, um, and that would be, wh- at what age and at what time through the divorce process should you consider uh, therapy for your kid? I mean, should you do it, you know, right at the very beginning? Should you do it in the middle? Should you do it at the end? Should you do it six months after the divorce is over? Um, at what point? And again, what kind of age? Should you wait till they're middle school? Or can you do it earlier? 
Absolutely, you can do it earlier. Um, play therapy is amazing at helping children uh, process divorce and learning coping skills to deal with uh, divorce and especially high conflict issues. Um, but any time, when whenever you guys as parents have decided that the marriage is over, that's when uh, you need to get the kids. If not the whole family, I mean, we as counselors prefer to see the entire family. Um, you know, a lot of times I get couples coming in for couples counseling or marriage counseling, but I'm not really doing marriage counseling because one of them is completely out of gas. It is over for them. Um, they've been trying to get the other partner in counseling for years. And then finally, when that other partner figures out that that they're serious, uh, by that time, okay, we'll go to counseling. We'll do whatever you want. By that time, that other parent has, you know, one foot out the door. Uh, so it's more of a, um, a, a counseling to help them process the divorce. And we do the same thing with, with children. Um, it, we can help the children process the divorce and by having all stakeholders in the same room, in the same counseling process, then children feel much more comfortable talking when there's a mediator in the room, when I can help the child um, formulate what he, what he or she wants to say, and I can make sure that mom and dad don't discount their, their feelings. Because a lot of times what we get is um, the child will say, I feel this and the mom will say, or the dad will say, no, 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 that's not right. That's, he doesn't, you know, he's never shown me that before. Well, okay. He or she has never shown you that, but look, he's talking about it. So let's, let's give it some credibility. Um, and you know, accept that this is what your child is feeling, regardless of whether they're telling you or not, but this is what they're feeling. So to answer the question as soon as possible. And there is no, there is no good age to get divorced. Um, of course, you know, we're not going to want to see toddlers until they're, uh, you know, at least four or five, um, unless there's been some heavy abuse there. Uh, but, you know, as soon as they can figure, start figuring things out and asking questions, that's when we need to get them in so that we can reassure them that even though mom and dad are not still married, we're still a team and we're your team. We are your cheerleaders. We are your coach. Um, we are going to back you 100% and we're going to do it together as a team. Mom and dad might not like to, like to talk very much, but we're going to communicate through our family wizard, which is something that is used a lot in divorces here in Texas. It is a monitored um, texting uh, app. Um, you know, we're going to communicate as much as possible, but we're putting you first. You are our um, our concern and we're going to be the best cheerleaders and best coaches for you that we know how to be and when when you bring kids in to get them help and you don't just drop them off at you know the the throne of therapy and say here fix them uh, I'll come back in an hour when when parents go into it together children get more of a this is a family thing. This is, we're all in this together. And it gives them a feeling of strength and connection, even if mom and dad are going their separate ways. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle, but I'm not 
in a tug of war. I am in the middle because I'm getting love from both sides and I'm getting acceptance from both sides. And when we can get them all in a room in a therapy session together, we can reinforce that to the child and we can help the parents figure out what's appropriate and what's not. And we can help those parents put their best foot forward uh, in order to raise that child to be a healthy, productive uh, member of society. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I, I can't say that word enough. You have given us so much to think about and consider some fantastic ideas that um, whether you're just starting, considering the divorce, or you've been finished for a long time, uh, lots and lots of great um, ideas and, again, information that we're going to uh, have a lot of fun uh, coming back and rehashing and uh, in future episodes. Excellent. And, you know, it's never too late um, to get kids into therapy if you've been divorced for 20 years, uh, you know, and, and your now young adult is having some issues with uh, a young adulthood, you know, college, things like that, job. Um, it's never too late to, to go in as a family and, you know, say, take a look at our family systems. Give us a checkup. If this is all his issues, great. But if it's not, if it's a family systems, let's work it out. Right. Hey, Nicole, again, thank you. Um, I just listening here. I'm I've I've taken tons of notes. I'm gaining a lot of wisdom and insight through this. Um, and the one thing through our platform is, you know, it, we're trying to get people to live on the side of possible. And, and just the stuff that you've been saying is it's possible uh, to to have a healthy relationship and just the whole the whole episode today falls in like what we're trying to do equip families with tools to better relate and thrive in their relationships with one another and so um, again the bobblehead over here yes yes agreeing with you I'm just like taking notes shaking my head like I, I just can't thank you enough so I, I appreciate you taking the time um, to really unpack um, you know what 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 we're using this platform for so oh, it's my pleasure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to another uh, conclusion of Home Sweet Home. It has been our pleasure to visit with a professional counselor by the name of Nicole Ells. And until next time, have a great day, everybody. Thank you.